Hello, and welcome. Almost synced. Almost synced. What's up? Uh, that was almost synced up. Welcome to Bears, Birds, and Brews. Right. And then you kind of fall started, or I like late started. I don't know. But if you're still <laughs> welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This, show, this is a show about Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Austin Bakani. My co host is the Bill Lalani. And on today's episode, it's just us. We we don't have a guest after like so long. It's just me, but we got plenty. Awesome. Of Are you spilling? Yeah. Well, that's that's a standard. That's a mainstay on every episode. There has to be some beer spilled, you know. <laughs> um, which is not a good thing because I'm actually almost out of toilet paper again, and so like I have to use my precious resource to clean up another precious resource. Um, I mean, you could use you could use a towel. Something. Shirt. Which you can I gotta go get so, BRB, folks. Nah, sit down. You're, you're gonna have to sit through the wetness. All right, so I guess it's just me. Um, yeah, so welcome I'm back. Oh, back real I'm quick. Back. Never mind. Yeah, um, and it's, I don't know. What are you about to do the wipe down challenge? What's up? About to do the wipe challenge? Maybe we go off the air, you know. Um, but sorry, if uh, this has gotten off to Bill and I are kind of all over the place. Literally, he's in Lawrenceville. I'm in Roswell right now. We're recording this remotely, um, thanks to Zoom. We need to get sponsored by Zoom, man. We've been we've been giving them a lot of good usage. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. You're my protozoa pro girl. Is that what it was? Protozoa uh, girl. Uh, all right. Let, let, let's just get into what we're drinking while you're spilling. So I today am drinking in a, a classic, classic city lager because uh, we got the NBA playoffs going, and this is something you could drink all day. And playoffs are on all day. This is essentially like college basketball is happening every day of the week. This it is awesome. Yeah, it's like March Madness, but the be- it's better because you have more than one game per matchup, right? Like, you know, right. there's no one and done here. I mean, unless you're the Grizzlies, but, you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, Asif, what are you having? Yeah, so I have a uh, sophistry by Lupul and Brewing, and this is a Modern House drop. Hopefully, we're going to have Modern House back on soon for y'all. But this is an IPA, and uh, it is 8% ABV. It's got Citra and Amarillo hops. Uh, and then this is actually Sofa Street number seven. So this is – I'll read this can because it's not just your regular IPA. Um, but welcome to Sofa Street, an ever-changing series of beers that explores – the possibilities of what hop flavor can be. So you've got uh, Citroen Amarillo hops in here, and then you've got two-row white wheat, flaked rye, pilsner, and unmalted white wheat as far as malts in this hop. And what's super cool about this can is it tells you what kind of glassware to use. And thanks to our good friends at Dry County Brewing, Dry County Brewing Co., I actually have the right glassware for this. It says made in Georgia on the other side of that. But this is what you'd call a revival glass. It's got the gold rip tim, you know, the gold tip rim. And uh so yeah. that should help you get more of a nose on every sip. So like how does it smell? Like what, what do you get out of it? Oh uh, it's it's bursting with flavor and aroma. Like it it's got that pine. It definitely feels like woodsy and piney. Um this is like a great like fall beer sort of deal. 
you know, like it's good for summertime, but you can also drink it into the fall, which is perfect for where we are right now because it's it's got that seasonality, the juiciness of an IPA, but it also makes you feel a little warm inside, you know, as the weather's cooling down. So very sophisticated. I assume that's probably why they picked the name Sophistry. Quite possibly. Um, what's that? <laughs> I said quite possibly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And shout good out to Luke and, uh, and Modern Hop. Sorry. There you go, Bill. You're good. And shout out to uh, Creature Comforts. How did I forget yeah. their name? I thought I was to call them Classic City because I had this so often. It's its own little thing. Right. But well, I'm currently – I am also currently watching this basketball game, uh, Houston versus OKC. And uh, I think OKC is catching up a little bit. So it's a 12-point game right now, third quarter. So, okay, 12-point game, third quarter. We're just going to go ahead and do a prediction early. Who's winning this game? Oh, Houston, because Houston's up. Yeah. Is yeah. – um, right, well, just so to give people a rundown, today we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs a good bit, which we've already started talking about. we got some NHL playoffs, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit, baseball and football. I and mean, we've got, like, a full lineup on today's show we're going to start with the nba so right now the rockets game is on the bill's watching that and um, and harding just nailed the three of course he did <laughs> how um <laughs> the bill if i was a bucks fan should i be worried about being down 1-0 against orlando no. in orlando in the bubble no i i don't think you should be worried at all um no, nah, I wouldn't be worried. Uh, the team that um, looks kind of scary to me right now is actually Denver. I think Denver can actually do some damage because, um, you know, everyone knows about um, – uh, was it Murray, their scorer, right? Yeah, Murray is a point guard, uh, shooting Murray. guard. Yeah, yeah he, he's a beast. You know, he can score like crazy. Uh, but I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. is the guy that's going to be like – he came on this playoffs. Like, you know, he was supposed to be the first pick in the draft – couple of years ago when um, guy. but then he got yep he got hurt he had something in his knee didn't i think he played maybe two games the entire college basketball season yeah and like right yeah he, he, he didn't he didn't play much at all and then he just he, he kind of sat out waiting for the draft and he fell to like i think the 10th pick in the draft and that's the same draft as luka Doncic, trey young uh what's that tall guy in phoenix deandre aiden so that was a pretty deep draft. Um, that was also the same draft as Wendell Carter. So, um, and but yeah, I, that was. Um, I think he no, went 14th overall. Just to clear, I think he went 13th. Did he go 14th? I believe he went 14th okay. overall. Um, and he he looks like a monster. He look and, and again, you know, in the bubble, they're not playing defense the way they normally do. I mean, defense is going to be a little more prevalent during the playoffs now than it was earlier in the bubble. But he looks like a guy who can play. He looks like someone who should have been a top five pick. Oh, yeah, he's certainly playing like it right now. And it helps, too, to your point, but, I mean, it helps that he's in a great situation. I mean, you've got Jamal Murray, who's definitely establishing yeah. himself as a rising star. You've got Jokic, who's one of the best big men in the game right now. Um, yeah. And then Denver, you have Paul Millsap. So, yeah, that veteran leadership there, too, to help guide the team and guide somebody like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and say, like, hey – as an all-star, here's what you're going to be up against as you go in your career. And, and, like, Porter can probably, you know, kind of play his game around in the way Millsap used to play. 
Now, you know, Millsap is, I think Porter's a little bigger than Millsap but at the same time, like, you know, playing a little in the little in the mid, little inside, you know, having the athleticism that Millsap did when he was back in Atlanta. I mean, that's actually a good player for him to kind of like play his game off of. Or I yeah, I, 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 well, I think, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Millsap is bigger. He's more of a four and Porter is more of a three. However, to your point in the bill, he can definitely learn a few things about being down low and playing in that mid-range area, which Paul Millsap has done so well for years. And he did really well in Atlanta. And then on top of that, Michael Porter Jr. is very athletic. So, like, I mean, I don't want to say it's like the second coming of LeBron James because that's Zion, but just in the sense of you've got another athlete who can really do it all. I mean, he can run the court, he can shoot, he can pass, he can play defense. Um, yeah. And if, and if he wasn't hurt his, year, his freshman year of college, he would have most likely been the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I believe so, – just a, just a steal for, uh, for Denver right over there. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, because I believe Michael Porter Jr. was actually the number one prospect coming out of high school. Um, yep, he and was. So, and he went to Mizzou, so shout out to Mizzou, which we'll talk about college football too because they're doing something a little different. But Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's actually talk about yesterday's games because the playoffs started actually yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the game everyone's talking about is the Utah um, versus Denver game. Speaking First of, of Denver, all, right? I do not for, – for, for, for the life of me, I don't understand why that game started at noon. Like, first of all, both teams are – well, both teams are more west. Right. Right? Why are you starting that game at noon? That, that game had, like, at the earliest should have been a 4 o'clock game. Mm-hmm. Regardless. Why is that game at noon? Second well, of all, okay. Donovan Mitchell then yeah. Donovan Mitchell just went off, dude. He was right. just, he went monster like um he I think he put up like, you know, he put Jordan S you know, in, in a playoff game and lost. Yeah. Yeah, and, so you know, that, just, I think that Yeah. Well, you, uh, just to finish your thought, Nabil, Donovan Mitchell scored 57 in the playoff game yesterday. Uh, he's like the second player age 23 younger to score like 53-plus points in the playoff game, and the only other person to do that was Michael Jordan. Um, you posted the list on our Instagram, at Bears, Birds, and Brews. The only players who have had a playoff-like performance like Donovan Mitchell did yesterday were Michael Jordan, who's done it twice, uh, once was 63, which is still the most in the playoff game. And then Will Chamberlain, Charles Barkley, and I think Elgin Baylor was the other one. Like, literally, you're talking about some of the 50 best players in NBA history. Donovan Mitchell just put himself, at least for one category, in that same year. Jordan's actually on that list twice because he also yeah. did 56, which is the same as uh, I think Elgin Baylor. So he yeah, yeah. did on the list twice. Yeah. So, yeah. And <laughs> so Jordan's nuts. on the list twice. And what's crazy is he's on the list twice, but his 63 is what leads to the list. I mean, you know, we've got yeah. tons of episodes about that in April. You could go back and watch The Last Dance. And Jamal Murray did a great job, too, 37 points. Um, to your point, Nabil, I think the reason that was the leadoff game for the playoffs, one, is maybe to get the West Coast involved earlier so you have them all day. Two, um, what a great matchup to start with, right? Like you have a marquee matchup between two of the rising stars in the league in Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. And then you've got Jokic and Utah's got some stuff in. You got Michael Porter Jr. So I think the whole, once people found out like 2.30 that, hey, there's a 50-point game happening, 
they probably tuned in versus if you start with Brooklyn and Denver or Brooklyn and Toronto, which is a blowout, not really going to be interested in like a second game because you don't know what you're going to get. So I think the NBA took a gamble, calculated risk, and probably got it right. And I'm sure moving forward, they'll probably be back on more of the West Coast time swing because um, you got the Lakers tonight at 9 and you got the Rockets and Thunder play right now. It's 8.30. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, what was that one? Was it the Nets game you were talking about? Brooklyn versus the Toronto? Second game, yeah. The other game? Because, yeah, th- that should have been the earlier game just because uh, that's that's an East Coast. Both are East, East Coast teams. Um, and, yeah, you could be right, but uh, all I'm saying is, you know, it's easier for someone in Denver to watch that game when it's 1 o'clock their time than when it's 8 a.m. their time. Yeah, but isn't that but isn't yeah. that cool though to like yo wake up tomorrow morning 9 a.m. and watch some basketball? Like that's pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's cool. But you know, he, they could have watched the um the game that like you know my favorite thing to do during the NFL season is is to wake up and watch a game that I don't care about at 9 a.m. Right. But I hate when I'm waking up at 9 a.m. to watch the Bears game. Yeah. Because I'd rather watch my game at one or watch my game at four. And, well, we'll talk about this because I don't want to get too far off track, but I think people's game-watching habits – and football is coming, though. I know you know. Um, yeah. Football is coming, yeah. too. But, oh, it's but, coming. But before that, we got a little bit more basketball to talk about. You got Philly versus Boston on this list. Anything you want to say about that? Dude, uh, Tatum and Brown are just coming into their own. Like, yeah. um, you know, it, it sucks that Gordon Hayward got hurt. Yeah. Um, but Tatum and Brown are just becoming their own duo. Like, I, I don't know what that's going to become down the road, but I feel like that's an underrated duo. Because, like, when you think of Boston, you still think of either Gordon and Hayward. I mean, you think of Tatum, obviously, but you think of Gordon Hayward as well. You think of Kemba. And I feel like Jalen Brown is kind of like the third guy that no one really thinks about when I think he's probably the second or third best player on that team. And eventually he'll be the second best player on that team. You know, well, Jason Tatum, you know, obviously he's number one, but. Yeah, well, you know, it's crazy. So Boston right now, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but Boston has like three top five picks on their roster right now. <coughs> yeah. Right? All, all courtesy of that KG, Paul Pierce trade that went to, that went to the Nets. Right, that courtesy of Adam Taylor and Anka Gems is what I'm hearing. <laughs> right? And that's, that's, uh, yeah. No, not exactly. Uh, something like all that. courtesy of Russia, actually. Uh, was it um, Prokonov? Prokonov? Yeah, that's the guy who made that trade. Oh, yeah. was the owner. But, yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I don't know. Boston had, Boston's looking great. Um, hey, man, so Boston might be the sleeper the in the East. Definitely. Well, it, see, I, I think that Gordon Hayward <clears throat> injury could, could hurt them, but maybe it could even just dis- <clears throat> open it up more for them and have Jalen Brown become more of an on-ball player. Um, <laughs> You and know, to your point, the more touches for Jalen Brown because you know Tatum and yeah, well, I mean, to your point about more yeah. touches and more chemistry with them, but all, uh, the only thing I was going to say about Hayward is he's only out for four weeks, and you've got uh, you've got at least one day between games, so his rest isn't going to be as or his time off isn't going to be as calculated because if they're playing into October and September when the playoffs are supposed to end, Gordon Hayward should be back hopefully. Well, yeah, see, the thing is, I didn't know what the NBA timeline is. Like, I know the bubble is going perfectly, but I, I really don't know how long the playoffs are supposed to last just because I'm just taking whatever sports I have coming at me. So at this point, I don't know when playoffs are supposed to end. I know in a regular situation, 
NBA Finals is around May. Right now, I don't know when the finals are supposed to end. So I'm just watching until that basketball stops coming on TV. So I believe it's going to be October 12th. So we're going to have football and NBA playoffs, okay. hopefully, fingers crossed. That, that, um, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be intense. Uh, so, yeah, maybe Gordon Hayward can come back. Um, the player I wanted to watch yesterday, which I did get to watch, and he didn't – he lived up, but he didn't get off to a great start, and that's Luka Doncic. That mm-hmm. is my favorite player to watch in basketball right now. He's and great. yeah, he got off to he got off to a rough start. I think he had like eleven turnovers. Uh, but you have to also remember, you know, it's the kid. He, it's that was his playoff debut, and he's going up against three top defenders and Patrick Beverly and um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And you know what? The, the kid's still bald. I mean, forty-two points off the most ever in the playoff debut by anybody in NBA history. Um, and that's with um, Porzingis being thrown out. If Porzingis yeah. was still in the game, that would have been a completely different game. And I do think Dallas would have had a chance to win that game because it was still – I think it was a seven-point game at the end. If so, Porzingis was still in that game, Dallas could have could have beat L.A. Well, so – and I'll tell you what I saw in the boat because I didn't – for whatever reason, I was really tired yesterday. I went to sleep a little early. But – It's because you were watching the, uh, the game at like 7 a.m., you know, the, uh, the Denver game. Probably, right? <laughs> um, but I will say, though, when I was watching the Dallas game at night, and obviously I'm going back between that and Monday Night Raw and Dancy Swanson hitting his walk-off home run and all that stuff. Um, but in watching the Dallas game, I mean, Dallas was in control of that game. Like, they – I was shocked to see that they were actually beating the Clippers, the team that a lot of people still think would probably make it to the finals if not win the whole thing. And you got Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. and Paul George and Doc Rivers and Patrick Beverly and, you know, everything that the Clippers have, they're ready to go for it. The, the Mavericks behind Luka Doncic were actually doing, doing the thing and they're beating them. And then I guess, yeah, that ejection is probably when the turning point happened. Um, because Shout out to Turning Point Dallas. But um, I want to clarify that, at least from what I understand, the ejection happened because that was Porzingis' second technical of the game, not because it yeah. was flagrant two or whatever people might have said it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and well, so there, there was a lot of stuff going on on the air today talking about how, you know, yes, that second technical was a valid technical, but the first technical shouldn't have been a technical oh, because yeah, – it was a it was a clean block, and then he just got upset at the call, and he got a technical for that. And yeah, I get it. You know, everyone's in a bubble, and you know the refs have to control the game and everything. But you know, come on, it's it's playoff basketball. You know, you can't have little small technicals like that. Uh, we have another spillage. No, but the ironic part though is like, isn't it crazy how in the NBA playoffs there's always got to be, even if it's for like one game. There's always got to be something that the refs do that kind of sway the impact of the game, whether they're fake yeah. or whether they're just emotions are high and they need to keep everybody in check. Um, but fortunately, like we said, even though it's like March Madness where we got basketball games on all day, that wasn't the only game that the Mavs and the Clippers are going to play against each other um, in this yeah. So hopefully Dallas can bounce back. It's going to be interesting, though, when there is no traveling. So, like – it's not like Dallas gets to go back in front of their home fans and boo the rest out of the arena or maybe intimidate Paul George and the rest of the Clippers. Like, nah, you're pretty much locked in. I think the only team that has a real home court advantage is Orlando, and they cashed in on their one opportunity well, today. That's it. 
Yeah, and, and like, well, do they have like? So, what would the home court advantage be for Orlando? You know, they're not staying, they're not sleeping in their own homes. They're they're in the quarantine hotel, just like everybody else is. Um, you know, they they don't have a home crowd per se because everyone has the virtual fans when they're home. Well, I think when I they're, think the, when they're the home team. I think it's just a mindset. They're like, yo, we're in Orlando. This is our home sort of deal. We're yeah. going to the rest of this town. And while there is no home court advantage, I mean, I'm sure there are probably arena staff that is pulling for them and giving them that energy as they pull into the stadium. Or, you know, it's like right. the people who well, around well, the bubble are Orlando. Yeah. You know? That, that's true. I mean, yeah, but at, at the same time, like, the players are just in that bubble. The, the arena staff that's going in and out, yes, they're, they're Orlando, Orlando – Orlandoites? Orlando Indians? Oh, yeah, Orlando Indians, But even to – I was just going to say, I feel like Orlando cashed in on its home field advantage already because they took game yeah, one yeah. from Milwaukee. I see that being a five-game series regardless. And I think Milwaukee is yeah. – I think Milwaukee is going to come out and blow them out the water for the next four games. So – Whatever yeah. advantage that Orlando did have playing at home, you saw today, and I don't think you're going to see it again for the rest of the series. This is my personal opinion. I completely agree. Um, so we got that. Your Blackhawks are alive, though. We go to NHL playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, today's make it or break it, break it time. I mean, uh, it should be starting maybe in like about 30, 30, 45 minutes. Um, you know, Blackhawks, uh, I think puck drops at 9.30 Eastern. Let me just go through the old TV guide real quick. Um, yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I want to see what happens. Um, I hope we make it to another game. But at the same time, like, and the Blackhawks are not the better team. You know, it's obvious they're not the better team. So it's more of like, hey, you know, Blackhawks already lost their chance at the first pick. And even if they would have lost against Edmonton, they still wouldn't have gotten the first pick because Edmonton got like the 16th pick who got slotted in the Blackhawks slot. So, you know, at this point, I'm happy they're in there. I'm happy I got to watch some more Blackhawks games. And, hey, you know what? They are still a veteran team that can make some noise if they get some good goaltending. And that's what they've been getting. Uh, the problem is, and I know this is not that deep of a hockey podcast, but this is the most hockey breakdown I can ever do because this is all I much all know about hockey-wise. We're not getting enough shots on net. I mean, you know, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't take that much strategy to know that if, you know, the Las Vegas Golden Knights have 94 shots on net and the Blackhawks have uh, 74 shots on net, Right. Well, you know, that's a 20-shot difference where even if you have, like, a 1% chance of making the puck, which I don't, I don't even know what a hockey percentage chance of making a puck it is, but that's still a significant difference, which is why there's such a, a scoring differential. So, you know, and, and you know, it, it could be easy for me to say to do this, but the way they got to win is they got to get more shots on that. It's pretty right. simple. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean – That's I think- hockey, baby. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, Nav saves hockey. Can Nav save the Blackhawks? We'll find out. I'll say I've been watching some hockey. Um, I don't have any expert opinions yet on it, but I, I like that they're doing the bubble thing and they kind of got in Canada, so they got a good situation going up there. Um, I'm excited. My only thing is, is like I, I would like to see more three-game series in the first round just because it's like, let's get it over with, man. I want to see the good stuff. I don't want to see like the – you know, the stuff that you're well, doing for money, playing four games instead of three, so people get – I mean, I mean, do you know how much money sports have lost during this entire COVID thing? They're, they're going to try to – they're 
they're going to play five game series. And you know what? All the commissioners wanted to go seven, you know, seven games as course, yeah. many times as they can because, because that's more TV revenue. Because, you know, first of all, even like TNT, ESPN, they lost so much money on not being able to show. They, they paid for games they couldn't show. So yeah. at this point, at this point, they want more, you know, seven game series. They want to play. And I think it'd be better if there is seven game series. Well, like, you know, you're in a bubble. About as fans, I think we could certainly appreciate a game seven sort of deal. But I just want to see, let's get to like Lakers Clippers, man. Let's get I, well, see, the other thing is I don't, I don't want to rush through this because – and we're going to get to football right now in a second. So, like, hey, potentially the only sports we may have after the NBA bubble and the NHL bubble and baseball is over is going to be football. I mean, we're not going to have anything else but football. And NFL, yeah, they're saying they're doing a good job, but NFL is going to be – they're not going to be in a bubble. So, it's – not they could be possible that football gets shut down, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, yeah. whatever. But football isn't doing what these other sports are doing. Uh, so we could be in a situation where we're in December and sports are shut down again. So yeah. at this point, I'd rather whatever we I don't want to rush through, I don't want to rush through what we're going through right now. Just enjoy it while you have it because listen, we, we've never gone through a situation. Until we just did, where right. it was gone, right? Right? No, you're right. You're and, right. And now, and now, and now we know it could be gone. So hey, whatever games, if I have to watch, you know, you know, seven game series of OKC Houston, let's do it, right? Because it's a. What's the alternative? Not do it, right? Um, but you know, let's let, let's talk football. Let's start with college. Um, you know, we talked a little about this last week with um, Greg Shea from um, Bruce Brothers. Uh, Big Ten canceling the season – or, no, delaying the season. Pac-12 delaying the season. Um, and now Justin Fields, the potential number two pick in the draft. Um, yeah, I know um, he could be number one. Trevor Lawrence, I'm saying he's a potential number one. Uh, J- Justin Fields, I'm saying he's number two right now. But the potential number one or two pick in the draft coming out starting a petition that he wants to play college football this season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Big Ten, I think they, they haven't turned anything around. Um, I do believe the individual teams are still practicing in the Big Ten. Some Pac-12 teams – I'm not sure about the Pac-12. I know more about the Big Ten. I think individual teams are still practicing. Um, I don't think the Big Ten is going to return at any time soon. Um, and I don't think anything new has come out. I know, like um, – players like parents are going to Chicago to talk to the big 10 commissioner to try to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But you know, this has turned into a clusterfuck and <laughs> I thought it was, I honestly thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought with the big 10 canceling, they took the proactive notion and I thought the sec, the ACC, they were going to get the grunt of, Hey, you know, you guys aren't taking action. You guys are wait and see, which I get wait and see, but, you know, you can't wait and see when your first game is in four weeks. Right? Yeah, or when they're live I mean, on the line, game. frankly, right? I mean, you yeah. Know, yeah. Right? I mean, Missouri, like you, you teased earlier, you know, Missouri, Missouri football. Well, Missouri's schedule is out. I think the first game is, what, September 26th? Uh, it's like, yeah, September 24th or something like that. Yeah, um, that, that's, I think that's five, that's five weeks away, right? Yeah, I mean, we're only four weeks away from – NFL being back, so college football and SEC football, I should say, not even college, SEC football is not too far behind that. And shit, I mean, I'll tell you what, 
since you already said the F word, fucking Mizzou is fucked, man. The first two games on the schedule are Alabama and LSU. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't want to see college football more this year than Mizzou fans because, like, <laughs> it's very possible we'll start the season 0-3, man, or 0-2 at least, you know? Um, yeah. So who knows what's going to happen. I mean, and, of course, in true Mizzou fashion, they would win the first two games of the season and then lose it to, like, all Miss in, like, week nine and, like, fuck up their whole playoff chances. All right. All right. Um, c- c- calm down. Calm down. You guys aren't beating Alabama. And I don't even know what LSU is doing, but you ain't beating LSU either. Right. Um, I mean, defending know, national go, champions. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> uh, so, like, that's a good, that's a good uh, Coach O impression. That's very good. Was, was it a good O? Thank there you. Was. There was. Good <laughs> I've been working on it. It, um, it, it, it's 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 been a long quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep working um, on your face, my friend. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but so NFL, you know, we do. So I do. For, I'm gonna start NFL off with some bad news. We do have a handful of injuries to report. Uh, you know, Gerald McCoy tore his ACL. He's out for the year for the Cowboys. Robert Alford, former Atlanta Falcon corner, now Arizona Cardinal. Uh, uh, Torres Pectorial out for the year. Uh, Former Steeler, current Chicago Bear, Artie Burns today, Torres ACL. So those three guys off the bat already out for the year. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's weird. It's a weird situation. And then, you know, on top of that now, and the thing is, like, every training camp, you get injuries, you know, stuff happens. But it just seems like it's more, it seems more heightened now when, like, any type of medical concern that pops up just seems 10 times more than it, you know, it's probably any type of injury that used to happen in sports is probably being evaluated the way it should have been evaluated. But, you know, because like, you know, to to us, to people, you know, we're so away from the sport and everything. Right. You hear an ACL, you're like, oh crap, Uh, that sucks. Now you got to find someone else. But when it's actually like, Hey, these are people, you know, Due towards ACL, he has to go through a year worth of rehab. So, yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately for the three players, two of them often injured players. So, really, really unfortunate for Alfred and Artie Burns. Uh, Gerald McCoy, you know, he's a little older now. I still think he's going to be back for a couple of years, but that ACL at his age right now could be kind of rough. And, well, um, and, man, just think about it. If he was able to stay healthy, the Cowboys would have been scary, right? I mean, they were – yeah. They were trending up anyway, and to have a piece like that, you know, potentially playing is, like, obviously really exciting. And then for a piece like that to go down, especially this close to the game starting, it's also like, wow. Like and now we need to and the Cowboys – and they did just sign Everson Griffin to also add to their pass rush attack. So that's just another, like, a pass rusher that, that they – just brought in that they just lost. Um, I do wonder what they're going to do to replace Gerald McCoy now. Um, you know, when I'm looking at NFL free agents, I, I do know Timmy Jerrigan was a free agent, but I believe he just signed with the Jaguars. But the biggest free agent still left on the market is Jadavion Clowney. Right. I do think with the Gerald McCoy uh, being hurt and with the current COVID situation, what you could do, if you release Gerald McCoy right now, you actually get his salary cap money back. So, so I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be finagling something to maybe make a move for Jaden and Clowney, but if they are, if they do, you heard it here first. Um, so let me – I'm double-checking. So they actually did go ahead and release Gerald McCoy already. He has been released. Okay. And um, 
a name that you're familiar with to be on the lookout for. Maybe he's not going to have the same impact or the replacement impact that Gerald McCoy was going to have. Maybe he's going to be the guy to step in. Maybe not. But Alden Smith is actually on the Cowboys now. He's been on the Cowboys for a yeah. few months. So mm-hmm. if you're a Cowboys fan, obviously losing somebody like Gerald McCoy is a big deal, but you might be fine. You know, you got Griffin. Now you got Alden Smith. I mean, it's not like your whole defense matters. They also, I think, have Randy Gregory still, who – was supposed to be like a top five pick and right he had some drug concerns and i don't know mm-hmm. what what the situation is now but and also of course demarcus lawrence is still there so i mean and their your favorite linebacker in the league right leighton oh, vanderess leighton vanderess well actually i don't know my favorite linebackers but i do like leighton vanderess i also do like um terrell edmonds in buffalo and you know roquan's awesome as well um but yeah a lot, a lot of, a lot of cool linebackers, a lot of cool players. Uh, but you know, talk, speaking of Rokon, let's talk a little Bears real quick. Oh yeah. Um, you know, word out of camp right now is that Mitch looks good, but that's based off of what the coaching staff is saying. So that means absolutely nothing. That means nada. Um, I still think that uh, you know Nick Foles will be starting Week Three. I think Mitch will be starting Week One. So yep, Week Three Bears Falcons will be Nick Foles. First first game starting, um, and you know I do think you know the the uh, tight end uh, Cole Komet's gonna you know step up big this year. I think Montgomery um, was gonna have a season he was, that he was supposed to have last year. He'll have it this year. Um, I'm also hoping that we could look into getting um, uh, Allen Robinson extended before the year's over. Um, I have a feeling we're not going to, and I have a feeling he's gonna walk, which will be really annoying. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just quick early thoughts on the Bears. Um, you know, I'm just excited for the season. Defense is going to be, I think, even with Eddie Goldman out, defense is still going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. Uh, Falcons thoughts, Austin? Yeah, so I mean, the Falcons are, you know, as we talked about, uh, pretty much, I feel like at the second half of last year and then you know, off season and going into this year. I mean, the Falcons are kind of just staying the course, right? Like no changes in the coaching staff, no changes in the front office. Obviously you had a draft, which went pretty well. You got a lot of good pieces. You got a lot of workable pieces. Um, Terrell had a couple of nice picks in those uh, on on training camp, like those Instagram picks he had. Yeah. So AJ Terrell's doing well. And then uh, the linebacker that I told you to look out for, Michael Williams, I believe is his name. He actually made some plays in training camp the other day. So, I mean, as of now, as a Falcons fan, I I think I said this before, like I have the same feeling that I did in 2016, which is just like I don't have too many high expectations. You know, it's just like the team knows what they have to do. They have all the right pieces in place, right? You've got continuity in the front office and head coach. You've got – the leader at the quarterback, you've got a star wide receiver, you got two star wide receivers, really. And your offense is set. Your offense, you don't have to worry about. As long as they stay healthy, they're good. And then defensively, kind of like I know your point has been, hey, the Bears only need to get like 19 points a game or so to win the games. I feel like the Falcons defense is the same what they were in the Super Bowl. You get like 21 to 24 points a game offensively, which with 11 first-round picks on the offense you should be doing then the defense has a pretty easy job where they don't have, they just have to go out there and secure the lead. They don't need to force turnovers. They don't need to play desperate. 
They just need to play the game as it comes to them. And sure enough, the offense will do its job and build up such a big lead that the defense has no pressure but to just not do anything dumb. That's how I felt in 2016. That's how I felt now. And it's just like very subdued and like we'll just go one day, one step, one game at a time. So you said you don't have much high expectations. So what are your expectations? Well, the expectation is you can't do what you did last year. That's number one, right? So you got to have at least an eight-win season, if not more. I mean, playoffs, I think, at bare minimum. Bare minimum. You need to make the playoffs. As a fan, obviously, I want to win the Super Bowl. As somebody, as like if I was Matt Ryan or Julio Jones, I would expect to be in significant playoff games, um, you know, playing until January, February, ideally especially with the schedule when you have the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Bears, all of them on your schedule, like you're going to be battle-tested and ready for the playoffs when the time comes. Um, but my expectation as a fan is you, if you go out there and do what you're supposed to do, you'll be in good shape come late November, December, January, February. You should be right where you're supposed to be. Has anyone told you you should be a politician? I'm, well, I'm campaigning. You know, the elections are coming up. Yeah. And campaigning well, right now. You, 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 you just stepped around the question until the timer went off. I mean, what are your expectations? Is it 8-8? Eight um, eight? All right. Well, if you want a hard number, I know I already said the Falcons are going to win the NFC South, so I'm going to stick to that. Um, the okay. Falcons are going to win the NFC South. And by that mark, you have to win at least nine games. Right, at least nine games. Hopefully, the 10. number went up, guys. Nine games. Yo, at least at least nine games. I would like to see eleven wins, but I mean the schedule is very difficult, and obviously with COVID, it is going to throw some things off. But I'm hoping for an NFC South division win and a deep playoff run. That's what I expect as a fan. That's what I want to see as a fan, and I think we can get there. But you just have to be very focused and like we're not in playoff time we're not in division game time we're not three games into the season we're no games into the season so where do i where am i right now compared to where i was at this point in 2016 i'm optimistic and i think everything that the falcons want to achieve is in front of them they just have to do what they're expected to do which is offense goes off the charts and the defense just plays the game fast and physical like dan quinn likes to play you do that you're going to be – Matt Ryan's going to be playing in another Super Bowl this year. I mean, I, if everybody stays healthy, it should be the expectation, bare minimum guarantee sort of deal. That's how I feel. Gotcha. Gotcha. See, that, that, that's a little bit more of an answer. There you go. <laughs> hey, man, unlike other right. politicians, I will answer if I am pushed back on the question. Just for the record, if anybody's out there thinking about voting for me, I'm not 35 yet, but give me like six years, I will be. You know? um, all right all right oh, yeah. um but yeah so oh i phone fell yep nfl coming soon um you think we'll see. get oh, sec you know football sec football yes um i thought there was a chance we wouldn't but at this point i think sec acc and big 12 football are happening i don't i don't know what's happening with the pac-12 and the big 10 um i think they may do a flip-flop eventually which would look, I think, which will look even worse. But 
Hey, oh, they're going to do I think you can do. come. Unless this petition thing works out that Justin Fields is doing. But, like, that's still just – I mean, big, that'll be part of it. I mean, the petition will be part of it. But I think there's a chance – I think <laughs> there's a bigger chance that we have Big Ten and Pac-12 football now than it was at this point last week. Um, hey. Final thing before we do end up – oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, just because we're on the college football tip and then we're in – I would love to see SEC, ACC, and whatever the other one is. Um, Big 12. Big 12, yeah, I mean, who knows. Uh, I would love to see them in the fall and then just to have like a Big 12, Pac, Big 10, Pac-12 tournament in the spring would be so cool. Like, you know, it'd be kind of weird, of course, but it would be cool to just have like spring football between actual meaningful programs and like potentially meaningful games in a unique setting that obviously – in the COVID era. So, hey, I'm, I'm with it. So if, let's say if, the SEC, ACC, and uh, Big 12 combine to a, a unit, can we call it the Big Sack? Big, because of the Big 12. S, because of the SEC. And AC, because of the ACC. So the Big South Atlantic Conference, the Big Sack. Big sack. Yo, I think we might just find the episode title, man. Big sack. Big sack. Um, If you're still listening, I know know it's worth it at this point. It has to be. Uh, The big sack. All right, top Uh, off the big sack with something more epic. uh, You know what? I'm going to take my chances and just say the NBA lottery is going to happen on Thursday and the Bulls got the number one pick. Which means they're going to uh, get Anthony Edwards, maybe. But I, I'm hearing that this guy, this kid from Israel, is supposed to be really good, and you probably can get him around the fifth pick. So I don't know. I mean, the last time there was a there was a kid from out of the country that people were kind of like, oh, I don't know if we should take him or not. That was Luka Doncic. So I don't know, man. I mean, is this kid from Israel? Is he real? I don't know. What position does he play? He's a shooting guard, small forward. Is that what? Well, so it's ironic because it's almost like the top three expected players. Sorry, according to your poll on at Bears, Birds, and Brews at Twitter, were shooting guards and small forwards, right? Anthony Edwards, this guy, and then Lamelo Ball as a point guard. But well, I I, I didn't have the kid from Israel. I had the the big man from Memphis. I had okay. uh, the center from Memphis. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, someone on our poll actually. Uh, I should have gotten his Twitter handle. He was the one who said that this kid from Israel is supposed to be really good. And then I just got into a deep dive of it. I'm like, oh, wow, this kid from Israel is real. So, I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, what's the score on that game, the Bill? It is now 100 to 115 with 432 left. Houston with a commanding lead. I do not see OKC finding a way to come back and win this game. Okay. That's just my expert opinion well you are an expert um on all things big sack and um big sack big sack at bears birds and brews on facebook instagram twitter oh come to my comedy show this weekend if you're listening to this please um at oak street bottle shop on friday night i gotta figure out some jokes i'm gonna tell we gotta kill a lineup though like seriously some of the land's best you can use the big sack joke I could use, use a big, big sack, sack joke. joke. Hey, you know, I could use a big sack joke. Um, I got, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> My mind is working now, Nabil. But um, Oak Street Bottle Shop, this Friday night, August 21st, we're going to do an outdoor comedy show. It's free to attend. And uh, Master Encourage, everything will be distanced out. Free outdoors, Mass Encourage. Laughter is the best medicine. Come get you some this Friday. At Bears, Birds, and Brews, you know where to find us on social media. Every week you can, every week you can find us streaming on your play, favorite platforms. Um, every other week you can find us at your favorite breweries, whether it's here, whether it's in Duluth, whether it's in Athens, whether it's in Roswell. Um, Maybe even Asheville or be in a different state. Yeah, wherever you are, we can and will be, and we want to be there. Last thing I want to say, shout out to Greg Schaefer from Bruce Brothers for coming on last week. That was a killer episode. Watch that. Uh, listen to that. If you watch the show, you need to listen to the show. If you haven't done either, you need to do both um, on Netflix and on Spotify. And uh, Nabil, take it away, my friend. Boom. Cheers, y'all. <laughs>